This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As we talked about a few minutes ago, fewer students in the U.S. are enrolling in college, some of them because they don't want to rack up hefty student loans that take decades to pay off. Meanwhile, many Americans are making another big decision about their futures, and that's the decision not to have kids. Birth rates in the U.S. have been on the decline for six years, and they've been dropping even faster during the pandemic. In fact, a recent Pew Research survey found that 44% of childless adults now say that they're unlikely to ever have kids. That's up from just 37% back in 2018. Anna Brown is a research associate at the Pew Research Center, and she joins us now to dig into the data. Hey, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. First of all, did the data surprise you, considering what we already knew about declining birth rate? Well, the data really did kind of fit in with what we've seen um, with the declining birth rates. So kind of the long-term trend with birth rates, there was a sharp decline after the baby boom era. It kind of plateaued for a while, and then there's been a decline since the Great Recession. So it's really too... Oh, sorry. It's too early to say how the pandemic affected things. But in 2019, the fertility rate was at an all-time low. Well, the people that you surveyed, let's talk about them. What what reasons did they give you for just not wanting to have children? Yeah, so we asked this question separately of non-parents and people who were already parents about whether they wanted to have more children or whether they thought they would have more children. Um, and so among both, the majority said that the main reason was just that they didn't want children. Um, among parents, they also uh, cited age and medical reasons for reasons they thought they probably wouldn't have more. And then among non-parents, no one reason really stood out. Uh, there was a wide range of things from medical, financial reasons, uh, not having a partner or not having one who wants kids, their age, and then even things like the state of the world or concern about the environment. So you uh, looked at parents and non-parents of all ages? This was among 18 to 49-year-olds, so people of kind of their prime childbearing years. What was the difference then in uh, some of the things that you heard from women versus uh, the men that you spoke with? Yeah, we actually didn't see a lot of differences between men and women. They gave similar answers about how likely they are to have children or to have more children. Um, among non-parents, they gave similar reasons for this. One difference we did see was that fathers who don't think that they will have more kids were more likely than mothers to say it's because they just don't want to or because they already have kids. And then for their part, mothers were more likely to cite medical reasons. I see. And so when you think about the adults under 30 versus the ones over 40, did it feel like their responses were different in terms of how they were factoring kids into their futures? Yeah. So, of course, the likelihood of saying that they will probably have children or more children decreases with age. So those in their 40s are far more likely uh, to say that they won't have kids or more kids. Um, and so we looked at those who are 40 and older and younger than 40. Those who are younger than 40 were more likely to cite financial reasons or that they didn't have a partner yet. And then the older adults said that uh, it was we're more likely to say that it was age that was the main reason. I see. Well, your research, Anna, it, it also mentions that public health and ec- economic crises, uh, that they could trigger a, a baby bust. At what point would we be in baby bust territory? Well, we don't really want to speculate that since we we don't know what will happen in the future. But um, like I said, you know, the trend has been declining birth rates. And this is definitely something that we will want to keep an eye on. Very interesting stuff. That's Anna Brown, Research Associate at the Pew Research Center. Thanks so much for joining us, Anna. Thank you.
Let's bring another voice into the conversation about the declining birth rate in the U.S. Joining us now is Christine Procheski, Associate Professor of Sociology at Northwestern's Weinberg College of Arts and Sciences. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me on Reset today. I'm a frequent listener, so oh. this is a special privilege. Thank you so much, Professor. So tell us, what do you think of the numbers that we just heard from, from Anna? Well, it's an interesting new study that Dr. Brown is uh, telling us about. I prefer to look at somewhat longer trends and to distinguish between short-term, dip, short-term dips in fertility and a long-term trend. So we're certainly seeing a short-term dip right now. And historically, birth rates drop during wars, recessions, and pandemics. And we currently have both economic turmoil and a pandemic Mm -hmm. going. So I'm not surprised that young adults are pretty pessimistic right now about becoming parents. And it's true that the long-term trend is uh, declining birth rate. But I want to draw our attention to what we know about the percent of people who are childless. And so I'm not convinced that we're going to see an increase there. Mm. So if we look back to 1980, only 10% of women in their early 40s were childless. And that jumped to 19% by 2000 and 2010. But the most recent data from 2018 shows that fell to 15%. So we actually have seen a reduction in the share of women in their early 40s who are childless in recent years. So that gives me some pause when I hear the numbers that Dr. Brown just told us about what people are thinking about the future. Interesting. So what do you see this shift as? I mean, there's a shift in the age at which people have children. And so we've seen a dramatic decline in the teen birth rate. Um, And that that reduces, you know, the annual, the year numbers Uh, the numbers by year in number of births. We've also seen a reduction in the number of children people have. So going from three children to two or from two children to one. And we may see an uptick in in the percent who end up uh, to finish their reproductive years without children, but I don't think that's going to be the dramatic change. I think the bigger change will be when people have children and how many, not whether they have children. And you study fertility rates, too, right, Professor? Uh, Yes, actually. I mean, birth and fertility rates are kind of the same thing. There's different terms used by demographers versus fertility specialists, um, but we're talking about the same phenomenon here. So overall, what do you think a a declining birth rate could mean for the economy and for this labor force in this country moving forward? Right, right. So in the short term, fewer births might actually mean more workers in the workforce because we know that parents often, women particularly, often cut back their employment hours um, when their children are very young. Mm -hmm. Of course, not all women, but many do, right? Um, So in the short term, we could see a short-term increase in the number of young adults in the workforce. Um, You know, interestingly, men tend to increase their work hours when they have young kids probably to offset their partner's decrease in work hours. So it's yeah. hard to know what that means on balance. Well, I mean, things, long... things become more expensive when you add kids to the family, right? Absolutely. So someone, Absolutely. Someone's got to go out someone's and gotta pay the bills. Someone's got to yep. do it. Yeah. <laughs> someone's got to do it. Mm-hmm. In the long term, it's harder to predict, though, um, because the size of the labor force is not just about how many young adults we have, but the age at which people retire. 
and about immigration to the U.S. And so it's hard to predict, you know, whether this will mean fewer workers in 20 or 25 years. You talked about women just a moment ago. Why does the drop in birth rates seem to affect women of different socioeconomic status so differently? So I would think of it more that there's different groups of people in the population making different decisions about when to have kids and how many to have kids, how many children to have. And so women and men's calculations about how many kids to have and when to have children varies by their position in um, their educational position and their position in the labor force. Do we actually see that um, folks with less education are less likely to remain childless? So it's people with more education who are more likely to remain childless. Um, And the number of children people have varies by their economic position, too, and their education. So it's it's less that the trend uh, impacts people differently and Mm -hmm. more that there's lots of different trends that add up to a whole. I see. So a parent's wealth plays uh, into the likelihood that um, they will have children. Right. Uh, or, or, or that they will. Um, I, I wonder generationally how this yeah. plays out. Right. If, yeah. if you're wealthy, how does that play into the likelihood that your children yeah. will have children? If that makes sense. It's a complicated relationship, actually. It is. There's a lot of interesting ongoing research on this. Um, it seems that your parents, you know, if we're talking about young adults, it seems that their parents' wealth, the prospective grandparents, impacts the timing of the births of the young adults and the context, whether they're married or not, and maybe even the number of kids. But it doesn't seem to impact who stays childless or who decides to become a parent. I see. Now, is, is this something that can be changed by changing public policies? Yeah. You know, connecting with some of your previous guests, student loans are really interesting here. And there, there's some new research suggesting that people with higher student loans wait longer to have children, and are less likely to be married when they have that first birth. So potentially reducing student loan debt might might have some small impact on at least when people have children and whether they're partnered or not when they have those children. Given some of the information you've uh, provided, Professor, any changes that you think could actually help bridge the gap that we talked about between Uh, people from different socioeconomic backgrounds when it comes to choosing when and if they're going to have children. Right, right. Well, children are definitely expensive. Um, (laughs) They are. They are. Uh, But how much money people need to feel like they can afford kids is very subjective and is influenced by what they see around them and the standard of living that people around them are providing for their kids. But more generally, um, You know, we could make lives better for parents and prospective parents and their children if we provided more economic support for families with kids. If we made sure there was more daycare available, if we made more uh, resources available to young kids and families. And I think in this pandemic, we have not prioritized the needs of families with kids and we have not prioritized the well-being of children. Well, you know, as we started this segment out. We said birth rates in the U.S. have been on the decline for six years, Professor. So are are there markers that you would look for that would tell you when the birth rate might start rising again? Yes. um, I would 
pay attention to the age-specific birth rates because, again, most of us would think it's fine if the birth rate among 15 to 19-year-olds stays low, right? So we want to be looking at those age-specific birth rates and see how those are changing. And we want to be looking at marriage rates, too. So a number of people put off getting married during the pandemic because they wanted to have the big celebration with their family. Right. And a lot of those couples are waiting to have that celebration before they start having kids. So I would see what happens with the marriage rate. I would keep an eye on those age-specific birth rates. Um, And the thing I think might be more telling is to look at the share of women in their 40s who are childless and how that changes over the next few years. Christine Percheski is an associate professor of sociology at Northwestern Weinberg College of Arts and Sciences. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.